good evening everyone i thank the lord uh, lord jesus christ for uh, helping us to gather together this evening helping us to finish this day and uh, gathering us a few of us and also a few of us online to gather together and uh, meditate from a few verses that we just started from the first from the epistle of first peter uh, and uh, and i i think I think the team did a really great job in covering the background, so I won't be going through the whole background. It's uh, just a few things that I just wrote, just in case. Uh, maybe the dates would be a different off or different, a bit different. Uh, mainly reason being, uh, uh, reason being that uh, Paul, who was in Rome, uh, supposedly between around AD 60, he doesn't uh, refer to Peter in any of his apostles when he wrote his uh, any of his epistles when he wrote his epistles for example Ephesians and Galatians and Colossians not Galatians Colossians and Ephesians and others so it is like 62 to 64 but everything else was uh, it was most comprehensively covered and this is the place or the modern day Turkey where the dispersion of the of the exiles were scattered and the people uh, who it was addressed to. And, uh, and as uh, Tim mentioned, it was mainly uh, addressed to the people who were going on to different persecution. And uh, Nero, the Emperor Nero, the Roman Emperor also brought in a, a great persecution. Uh, he burned uh, uh, temples and he burned uh, many, he also burned uh, Christians. And th uh, there was an uh, edict or like a law which was proclaimed that all the Christians should be killed, which was in around AD 64. And uh, we can just imagine like how difficult time that these people were going through in their lives. And, and not only that, they were like before that fire that happened around in AD 64, even before that they were facing different challenges and persecutions in general because of their faith and because of their uh, stand in Christ. So uh, let us quickly turn to our book of meditation in First Peter, chapter one, verses three to five. Uh, during the whole study, I would be covering uh, different uh, verses from throughout the New Testament. So I would invite you all to turn them. And uh, yeah, without much ado, First Peter, chapter one, verses three to five. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Uh, let us ask the Lord for in prayer. Father, dear God, I thank thee and praise thee for helping us together this evening in your name to uh, look unto your word and to, and to meditate on your word to identify what needs uh, to be changed in our lives or what needs to be emphasized and how we can improve our lives, how we can make our lives more holy and uh, how we can learn from the example of the people who were, uh, who were in uh, the Asia Minor, the present day Turkey during that time where, in which uh, P uh, Peter was addressing and uh, what we can learn from them. Help us and talk with us, Lord, hide me behind the cross of your Calvary uh, fulfill Zechariah 2, 5, and 8, and uh, let your name be proclaimed, and you may be glorified through whatever the word is spoken. I ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, 
So the first thing that we, uh, that we read here is, blessed be God, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, great and abundant mercy in some translation, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So he, he has given us, he has provided us mercy. He, has, he gave his mercy and grace both through which he has begotten us. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. And in that situation, he called us out of our sins and darkness. And through his mercy, he has begotten us. So what exactly is mercy and what exactly is grace? So mercy is something that he doesn't give for what we deserve. We deserve his wrath. We deserve his damnation. We deserve the punishment. We deserve hell. But he doesn't give us. He has mercy on He He provides mercy to us. And what is grace? He gives those things which we don't deserve. He gives us his love. He gives us his inheritance that we that is there in the further verses. He gives us eternal life. He gives us his salvation. So those things are uh, so we can know by those things that what is mercy and what is grace. And God, through his abundant and eternal mercy, he has begotten us. So what does uh, Titus say in uh, chapter 3? Just quickly turn. Titus chapter 3 and verses 4 to 5. But when the goodness of loving kindness of God or Savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of his Holy Spirit. So he saved us not because of any of the works that we did, any of our righteous act, because all our acts were like filthy rags before the sight of our living God. He, he didn't save us or he didn't have mercy on us anything that, for what we did, but for everything that uh, but only because of his abundant grace and mercy. I'll also invite you to quickly turn to Ephesians chapter 2. And verses, I'll, I'll read from verses 1 to 10. Uh, and you were dead in the trespasses and sin in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespass, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus." so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him, walk in them. So this this clearly explains that by grace we are saved, that he in his rich mercy in verse 4, uh, he says through his rich, rich mercy he had he showed great love towards us. And while we were even, even while we were dead in our trespasses, we were dead in our sins, 
we were the sons of disobedience it says in verse 2 we were under the prince of the power of air and the spirit that is and we were the sons of disobedience during that time he had mercy on us and he saved us he he begotten us into the kingdom of his of his son now uh, the the idea or the thought of begotten is being a, a repeated like three times in this whole chapter when i was when i was reading the whole chapter i found out find out like there is three places in this chapter that peter is speaking about being born again or being saved or redeemed the first one is of course here in verse 3 the second one is in verses 18 and 19 which i'll just quickly read knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers not with perishable things such as silver or gold but with precious blood of christ like that of a lamb without blemish or spot so the first thing that we see uh, the first thing we see in verse 3 is we were uh, that he has begotten us through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead and second thing we see is that he has saved us from the from the blood of his of his son jesus christ the third thing that we see is that he has begotten us through the living living word, which is in verse 23. Since we have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. So I, I won't be spending uh, my time in all of these three individually, but especially on the first one, which is the that we have been begotten through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, if uh, if we if we study the resurrection of jesus christ then we then we would surely know that then we would surely know that without the resurrection there is uh, then we cannot be we cannot be saved or we cannot be made right with god uh, i'll invite you to quickly turn to first corinthians chapter 15 first corinthians chapter 15 uh, speaks about uh, Paul speaks to the Corinthians about a greater message on resurrection. So first Corinthians chapter 15 from verses 12. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who also have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. So we see that if Christ was not raised, then we, then our faith and our uh, and our devotion and our walk is all futile without the resurrection of christ we are not saved so this is the one important thing that we can uh, then we can that we can identify ourselves that we are raised with him that we are no, no longer dead in sins but we are raised with him in his in his resurrection we can also uh, ask ourselves this question that are we really saved or are we knowingly living after our heart's desire unrepenting testing is mercy and patience so and if our heart's condition is like that if we are unrepenting and if we are living a hypocritical life that we are going to the church assembly and everything we are doing all the rituals but still if we are not saved and we are just pretending then 
the wrath of God is reserved for us, which is written in Romans chapter 2, verses 4 and 6. I think it was, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, he has raised us up. Uh, he has raised us up with him in, uh, in his resurrection. So he has raised us up to walk in the newness of life. So, uh, let's turn to this reference in Romans chapter 6, verse 4. It says, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. So we are called to walk in the newness of life. We have been raised with him in his resurrection to not live in the old, old life or in the, uh, in the old uh, nature that was within us. So we, we can still identify in ourselves that there, are, there is a war between a new nature and the old nature. And whomever we will give more priority or whomever we will give more emphasis and more time so that kind of nature would be the one that would be ruling within us. I can remember one uh, a great example that uh, that was shared. Uh, there was a master who had two dogs. Uh, one was uh, one was a uh, one was a old dog and one was a new dog. He was the the dog whom he was feeding more. That dog was more more powerful and more victorious. And the dog whom he was not feeding more that dog he was that dog was uh, weak and cannot work more so by that example we can see that our nature our nature our, our human nature is ruled by our old old self and our new self we are called to live by the new newness of the spirit which is which has which has been given to us by the spirit through the adoption in jesus christ we, we can also see that a verse in a second corinthians chapter Chapter 5 and verse 17, I hope, I think many of might already know. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So if we are, if we are in Christ, if we say that we are in Christ, then this newness of walk should be visible in us. And if this newness of walk is not visible in us, and if this, uh, and if this new things that, that comes through the uh, that comes through life in Christ, that comes through the spirit of Christ, if, if it doesn't come, then we can ask ourselves that are we really saved or are we really raised up in, in his resurrection? Are we really living in the newness of life? The second thing that I want to uh, discuss is he has raised us to seek the things that are above. Uh, let us turn to Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 11. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where, thing, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in, your, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil, desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of this, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, 
seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator here there is not here there is not greek and jew circumcised and uncircumcised barbarian scythian slave free but christ is all and in all so over here we wonderfully see the contrast between the old self and the new self and how the new how we have put on the new self by being raised up in his resurrection so we can again ask this that are we seeking the earthly things are we still living after the earthly things are the passions and the temptations of the earth still still occupying us or is our mind focused on the heavenly things on the things that are of that are not of the earth but of heaven and uh, uh, we can also ask that uh, uh, am i living like like i am a pilgrim of this earth or am i li uh, living like uh, i am a citizen of this earth so we are also called to be a uh, pilgrim of this earth and because our citizenship is in heaven so uh, we can ask this things ourselves and uh, our lord jesus has himself told in matthew 6:33 that seek ye first the kingdom of god and its righteousness so let us uh, be reminded of this few things uh, moving on uh, and number 3 he has raised us up as as we read in first peter 3 and 4 he has raised us up or he has uh, saved us through salvation to a living hope i'll again read according to his great mercy he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled and unfading from this we can know that he has raised us up to a living hope he has begotten us to a living hope that is in christ jesus he has begotten us to an living hope to an to an imperishable and unfading and an undefiled inheritance which is which is reserved for us in christ jesus so are we living uh, like we are we, we are having a living hope are we living in a way that we are only having hope for the things of this earth are we following christ to gain things of this earth or are we following christ for having hope for eternal things uh, there is one warning in first corinthians first corinthians chapter 15 again and verse 19 if in christ we have we have hope in this life only we are of all people most to be pitied so if if we are if if this is our case and if this is our situation if we are only having hope in christ just for gaining things of this world just for gaining money just for gaining status just for having a good life just for being happy and content in this world then we can be warned by what paul says that our condition is the most miserable our condition is the most to be pitied so we can warn ourselves by this uh, by this word from paul and uh, lastly in verse 5 he says um to an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled and unfading kept in heaven for you who by god's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time so our god through his power is keeping us he is guarding us he is protecting us through through the faith that is in us so are we are we having that faith we we can take encouragement from the heroes of faith that we read in uh, in uh, hebrews chapter 11 i'll i'll not uh, go through all the verses but i'll invite you to 
Turn to Hebrews chapter 11 and it displays the list of the whole heroes in the Old Testament that who because of their faith were were termed as righteous and although they did not receive what they were hoping for but that they might receive the inheritance with us so i'll just quickly read a few verses in hebrews chapter 11 from verse 6 by faith abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going by faith he went on to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundation, whose designer and builder is God. Uh, from verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles in the earth. For people who speak thus, makes it clear that they are seeking a homeland if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out they would have had opportunity to return but as it is they desire a better country that is heavenly one therefore god is not ashamed to be called their god for he has provided for them a city and again a few verses in from verse 24 uh, by faith moses when he was when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. So we can see that how Abraham, Moses, and many others, which I didn't mention, their, their eyes was fixed on the reward. Their eyes was fixed on the heavenly reward. Uh, on the habitation that was a permanent habitation even though uh, abraham was uh, promised uh, promised a land in canaan and also the israelites uh, uh, were promised uh, through moses the land in canaan they were they they didn't have their eyes fixed on the earthly things but they were seeing what was behind it uh, the heavenly the heavenly things and we can uh, also read a few verses in a uh, from verse 39 in the same chapter and all this though uh, though commanded through their faith did not receive what was promised since god had provided something better for us that apart from us they should not be made perfect so, so as we read here so they did not receive what was promised to them just in order that we might together with them receive that which was promised and so fr uh, from this uh, from this we can uh, we can ask ourselves that are, uh, that are we really living towards uh, having a living hope and if we are having a living hope then this faith should be visible in us and how this faith would be visible uh, uh, continuing in uh, chapter 12 hebrews chapter 12 from verse 1 uh, therefore since we are surrounded by a so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance endurance the race that is set before us looking unto jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of god these two verses i can say these are like one of my most favorite verses in the whole of the bible it it just uh, narrows down or summarizes the whole thing that how we are to live in this world how our lives should be 
our eyes should be fixed upon upon our lord and savior jesus christ we uh, we are to be encouraged by the great cloud of witnesses we have to lay aside every weight of sin which easily besets us which easily clings which are so which which so easily besets us and we fall into those things we we have to lay aside all all that weight of sin we have to run with endurance we can we, we can read from verses 33 till 38 that the old heroes of faith how they faced different persecution even here we see that they were thrown into the den uh, den of lions and they were being burned and they were being slaughtered still they endured through through all that faith with the faith Be- why because their eyes was on our lord jesus christ their eyes was on the living hope their eyes was on the inheritance that was to be revealed and they endured all through faith so uh, just concluding uh, uh, we, uh, do we have the assurance of being born again or not and the second thing that the living living in christ resurrection are we living in the newness of life or are we seeking the things above and having the living hope or not and walking the faith with the heroes of christ so let's uh, uh, let's be encouraged by this few verses and uh, uh, may the lord help us to live accordingly like the heroes of faith who endured everything who had their eyes focused on the cross on the, on the on the on the uh, work of our lord jesus christ and faced everything and were victorious and through this they attained the salvation uh, uh, through this we would be attaining the salvation which should be revealed in the end times we would be uh, we, we would become one with him when he would when he would come to take us so let us be prepared for his coming as well may the lord bless this words Thank you.